Okay, hi Dad. So, um, we thought we'd do a little mini podcast. Gabrielle sent over a really interesting question, and it's occurred to us that actually people um, are maybe doing their own workshops now that they're mm. very proficient with the pencils. Um, I think we had someone actually, uh, maybe a couple of years ago, that did their a workshop, uh, or certainly a demonstration, or they were teaching people in their local mm. art group and that was a um, really proud moment for us so Gabrielle's asked a few questions um, based on running a workshop because you obviously did that dad all over the country sure sure um, for many years many 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 times yeah and also <laughs> it was it was quite a long time ago so I think that's worth considering when we talk about this because when you did it um, you were sort of you know you had technology that was available at the time you know and space and all of this kind of thing where i think um mm. nowadays you know people might think slightly differently about running workshops maybe um because it was a while ago um so questions that gabriel raises is like which pictures would you use for a workshop mm. well certainly if it depends on the on the um audience if you've got a very experienced uh, uh people and then you you can have a, a a more difficult or complex picture but generally speaking this isn't the case you're starting from scratch especially if you're pastel pencil and people have never seen it before they've come from other mediums so keeping it as simple as possible and there there are two areas that i would work in one is the landscape and one is the animal now generally speaking the animals are the more popular i've got to say and always were so you're pretty you could go in advance of this if you're doing it or you're setting up a workshop you could find out what the majority of the people would like otherwise if you've got a whole load of landscape artists and one animal artist you're going to have a uh, you're going to be up against it so that's the first thing i would say and i would say choose a subject which was pretty easy and one of i mean i've got lots and lots of examples um for beginners on my uh website so all, all they've got to do is look through that and think Colin thinks that's easy so we should do it even my starter packs that I've got any one of those really is pretty easy to do and I used to draw from them when I um, did my own workshop I think the cat was the first one I ever did the tabby cat yeah. no not the tabby cat the, the cat portrait um, the cat portrait yeah that was the first one I ever did Steve and it was very successful as it has been for a pack. So that's the sort of thing that I would do. And cats and dogs are always popular anyway. So if you've got an animal group, then I would go for the for one of them. But one of the simple ones, keep it simple. Mm. Okay, simple question here then is how big um, was the group that you had? How many people did you teach? Well, now this, this is um, with me. Uh, as I was doing it professionally, I had to make money at it. I mean, there was no point in me doing you know, halfway across the country and, and ending up with um, three or four people. So I, I always made sure that I had enough. Now, I would generally say a dozen, nine to 12 people is probably good for uh, revenue side because the charge that you make to them uh, can be reasonable. If you've got, if you've got five people say or six people then the cost is going to reflect the, their cost uh, yeah you'd have reflect. to charge them more right 
Well, you'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah. It depends on what you're doing it for. I mean, you shouldn't ever do it for love. Um, it's, it's all got to be done, you know, for some kind of reward for you because it's your time uh, and effort. So I would generally say between nine and 12 people would be a good average. That's if you're doing it like I was doing it. But if you're starting out, then I would say, uh, I think the first workshop I ever did, Steve, was uh, six people. Right. When I really, right at, right at the very beginning, yeah, I, I had six people, which was more than enough for me at that time, because I had to go around and, you know, make sure that everybody was uh, okay. And I took over and showed them how to do this and how to do that. So the more people you've got, the more difficult it is. Yeah. Speaking of uh, the cost and everything like that, um, back in the day, do you know what each person paid to do a workshop? <laughs> Oh, gosh, that varied. If if it was one of my workshops, then I would charge, oh, I, you know, I can't say. I, that's impossible. I don't think I can say that now because what I charged then, you know, 20 years ago, there was nothing like it would be today. I think the better way of saying it is you've got to cover your costs. Mm-hmm. If you are a beginner, like Gabrielle, for instance, hasn't wouldn't have done this before, and the other lady didn't do it before, so you can't really charge too much because the people who are, are doing the workshop will expect that kind of um, return. So I would say keep the price minimum to start with. Keep it low. Right. It's only when you get more experience and perhaps more well-known, as I was at the end, then you can charge more money. But certainly, to begin with, you can't. Don't be greedy, in other words. Mm. And then the way you did yours, how did you conduct your workshops? You had a screen, didn't you? Well, I did, but that that's, that is going to be virtually impossible because you've either got to have a television and a camera that links to the television, and you've got to be well up in technology to be able to do all of that. And I had a screen which is even more, more tricky. It worked for me, but it may not work for them. I wouldn't start out that way. I didn't. When I first started, I didn't start out with that. I just, what I did, what I always did, though, is make sure that the line drawing was already on the paper before I gave it to any of the um, uh, students. Now, the reason for that is if, you, if they've got to draw the picture out themselves, can you imagine the mess that they're going to get into? Even before they start, hmm. more than half your day would be going around trying to get the line drawing right. Now, the reason I, I, I did that and, and mentioned it to people, although they were very appreciative, if no one ever said, oh, I would have wanted to do this myself. They always said, oh, we're really grateful because now we can just see how the pastel pencil works because that's what you're doing. You're actually teaching them how to use the pastel pencil. So that line drawing was always, right from the beginning, it was always on the paper. I I gave them the paper with the Mm. line drawing on it. So what they could do is pick up their pencils and start drawing straight away. Yeah. And then how long were your workshops? Like Gabrielle's asking how many hours should it run for? Did you used to do one-day workshops? I did. Yes, I did um, quite a lot of one-day workshops. Um, in fact, the majority of them were one-day workshops. I did, I did five-day workshops. I did um, three-day workshops. I did weekend workshops. So it varied enormously. And, of course, depending on the um, subject, if it was the cat portrait, for instance, or I tell you another one that I used to use. You know the boats in landscape. That's again one of our 
uh, starter packs. Yeah. That's a day workshop. That would take a day and a day from 10 o'clock in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon, something like that with, with an hour for lunch. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I think there's a lot of good information in there. Dad, is there anything else you want to add to, to that? Any tips for, for going ahead? Cause I'm sure Gabriel will be nervous about it. Hmm. Well, yes, this is the thing. This is why I said, don't get to have too many people to start with because the more people you've got, it's like going in front of a, an audience, you know, Gosh, I, I, the first time I tried it, I was shaking in my shoes, as you can imagine. So uh, the six people that I had was, was plenty to start off with. The other thing that you've got to do is you've got to be prepared to, once you start, you show them. Uh, what I would do initially is I would bring them all around the table and do a section of the picture, explaining as I went through what I did and how I did it and why I did it. And they would then go back to their seats, sit down and start. And then I used to walk around two or three times while I was doing that, just checking that they understood and were right. And anybody who was really frozen, I don't know what to do. I don't even know where to start. Start it for them. You've got to be prepared to do that. Uh, yes, good point. And it's up to, and of course, the other thing that I used to do, I used to supply the pencils. Now, that is quite an undertaking because the more people you've got, the more pencils you've got to do. But with the cat portrait, there's only six pencils, you see. And, and the same with the uh, boats in landscape, there are only six pencils. So that's not quite such a, an undertaking. But, but if, you don't, if you don't give people the pencils and you say, no, you've got to bring your own along, some will bring Carbothello, some will bring Faber, some will bring Conti, some, God forbid, will bring Derwin. And if they did that, they're all going to have different colours. <laughs> You're going to have a... <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> You're going to have a right game. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, that's uh, I, really good. I, I just had a, a vision. that <laughs> <laughs> It never happened to me because I used to supply the pencils. But <laughs> <laughs> That would be all right. You'd have all sorts of coloured cats, wouldn't you? Italian. It's different if you're doing a, a watercolour workshop because most people have got the colours that you say and you don't use so many colours. And uh, But pastel pencils is a slightly different matter. I, I don't envy people starting out doing that. And uh, I did have somebody, his name was Tim. He was a student of mine and he came to my workshop, my very my very first workshop at London Zoo. Do you remember I told you about that? Yeah. Well, he came to that, and he really thought he, he'd cracked it. He really did. And he started workshops. It lasted, oh, a month or two, and he packed them up. He couldn't take it anymore. It's a very, very difficult thing to do, I've got to say. You've got to be confident in yourself as what you do. You've got if you're not, if you're just beginning yourself, then you should be absolutely honest with your audience. I, I do recommend that. Be honest. Don't try to put yourself over. I'm an expert when you're not. Because if you do that, they're going to expect you to be an expert. And when you're not, it shows. Mm. See what I mean? That's a bit brutal. That's a bit brutal. But uh, yes. But I'd rather put it out there now. And people come back to me later and say, you said it'd be a piece of cake, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> because it isn't. <laughs> no. 
I think that's good. That's honest, and that's the most important thing you can be for people. And yeah, I um, agree. You know, great. Oh yeah, upfront and honest. I've always had that uh, uh, persona. I've been very fortunate. I've always let people know, as I've said to you many times, and I've said to our audience, I don't consider myself an artist per se. I'm an art teacher who's, who happens to be just a little bit better than the people I'm teaching. Mm. And you've got to think like that. If you, if you think you're the cat's whiskers, you're in trouble. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, Good. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dad. And um, thanks, everyone, for this little mini podcast. I hope that's helped, and we'll see you soon.